You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. Hey, and we here we are, Masonic Late Podcast, episode number 36. 36. 36. 36. So, um, our guest today is a world-famous Masonic artist, Ooh. Ryan Blythe. And um, he's on the phone with us now. Ryan, what? Ryan, Ryan Blythe. Ryan Blythe. Blythe. Ryan Blythe. Blythe. Okay. Ryan J. Flynn. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a Ryan Blythe that has an art studio in town here. That's what got me all screwed up. He, but he's a glass blower. Okay, Ryan Flynn. Oh, should we start over? No, no. Just oh. leave me in bed. Just leave me being stupid on the air. I don't care. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> So, uh, and if you need some hand blown glass, by yeah. <laughs> the way, Ryan Blythe, you'll He's down bucks. on yeah, South Prince Street. We see maybe he can give us a hundred bucks for the ad. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with Larry. Larry, <laughs> have you done anything Masonically in the past? Two yes, weeks? I have. Uh, Goose and Gridiron, uh, which continues to amaze me. And we, we seem to be getting more and more people wanting to come. Why don't to you tell, tell Ryan what that is? Goose and Gridiron is a, it's a <laughs> breakfast group. Of uh, basically of Masons who uh, meet once a week, and uh, it's it's unorganized, uh, unstructured. We have a good time. We kind spend like about an hour show. and a half together. Yeah, very much like this show, and we keep growing and growing and growing. We need to keep finding bigger places. So uh, that's a goose and gridiron is, and it's 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 a it's a great get together. Yeah, and it's it's you know families come occasionally. Like somebody will bring their kids if they're you know sick or something. Usually me. Um, but yeah, like Mason wise, it's like 21 to 90 usually age, about, age, age, age wise. wise yeah. 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 And, and probably about 20 men usually, usually yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, did you do it? Well, well, yeah, we also had fellowship, which you or Jason weren't at on no. Thursday, Thursday night, which is a younger group of brothers. The, this is the new guys, the younger group, uh, guys that have been maybe four or five years. They came. We had a great attendance again on fellowship on Thursday. So night. fellowship night, Ryan, our Larry and I are in the same blue lodge. Um, and we meet at one of our brothers owns a pizza shop that has beer. So we just meet in the back room. It's everybody. really a beer shop that has pizza. Yeah. So everybody just, you know, goes and orders their own food and we all sit in the back and we just bullshit together. It's fun. Yep. Uh, Tall Cedars. You went to Tall Cedars. Well, I did go to Tall Cedars, but I thought you guys could talk about that. All right. Chase, you have uh, anything to offer? I went to Goose and Gridiron. I had uh, barbecue at Tall Cedars. I missed uh, your lodge's fellowship night, soon to be my plural membership lodge. And because I had a charity committee for my home, well, we lodge. do have to vote on that. You know that. I know. I know. And I will, I will not be, I will not be there for the vote. So it's uh, a good thing. I know. All right. You guys can talk about me. And I, I think that's it. That's it. Scottish Ray picnic. Yep. That's it. Jack? I didn't do Bupkis Masonic. Well, I did Goose and Gridiron, but um, mostly right now I'm concentrating on getting our basement remodeling done and uh, 
For your lodge. Yeah, for the lodge. And Ryan, I want to talk to you about some artwork for our our, uh, our basement, by the way. Your your stuff is absolutely perfect for what we're doing, but we'll talk more about that. <laughs> perfect uh, for the dark basement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it used to be the beige dungeon, so now it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be the uh, Tun Tavern equivalent. Now we're going oh, for nice. a uh, yeah, we're going for an old English pub kind of feel. Got a few things. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, so what else? Uh, and then we're getting ready for um, we do a thing called Lodge in the Woods every other year, and we rent a um, scout camp. Um, not too far from here. And we do a big uh, steak dinner under the stars and grand master comes with all the grand line and all that kind of stuff. And we give out the Masonic scouter awards and grand lodge of Pennsylvania has some Masonic um, activity awards and things like that. They give out, it's a good time. We'll get between two and 300 people for that. So, so I'm pulling that together. That's, that's got my attention right now. You forgot, um, the picnic at your house that we all went oh, to. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's because I kind of blacked out a little. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, I forgot. I forgot. I didn't black so, out. So, Ryan, we had a uh, Jack hosted an impromptu picnic for Ubar Grotto. And um, a couple of these like Hill Folk brothers brought moonshine. <laughs> Do they listen to the show? That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they have electricity. I don't think. They live on the effort of mountain. Come on. How much hellier can that? <laughs> and then we had a. Um, a little more of a higher pinky out kind of a drinking guy that brought his own mead because he has owns a meadery. So we had mead. Yeah. We had a lot of good mead in my day. Yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of cool. Everybody seemed to enjoy that. It was a great night. It was a great day. It was an excellent day. Excellent day. Yeah. Um, but now that's it. I've just been learning my part for in degree, the eighth degree intendant of the building. I am Zadok, the high priest. So that's what I'm learning. There you go. We got a new mixer. Got a new mixer. Yeah. Yeah. So we might even be able to hear Ryan if he ever talks. <laughs> well, so what was know. your week like, Ryan? Uh, well, I have a uh, five week old and saw uh, that. Congratulations. Yeah, so I didn't do much. <laughs> uh, my, my week consisted of me not sleeping and uh, an occasional uh, beer. Is this your first? Second. Second. Okay. So you've been through oh. it. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, I, I have been working on a couple of things here and there. I got a new painting that I'm starting. Um, there's a Masonic art show that's going to be uh, first, I think, the first international Masonic art show in America. What? Plug. So there's, Plug one, there's one guy from Poland coming? Plug it, man. There's 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 actually quite a bit of... Uh, Two Canadians are walking down. <laughs> yeah. The, the one guy in Poland we didn't invite. <laughs> where, uh, where is this art show going to be held? It's going to be held at the uh, George Washington Masonic Memorial. Whoa. And That's close enough to go. And when is this going to be held? Sorry? And when will it be held? I believe it's going to be in May. Um, it's still in the planning process, uh, but um, I'm apparently secretary of the whole. <laughs> I got to work with that, but there's some great guys. It's part of the Association of the Masonic Arts, which uh, is starting to grow a little bit in America. It was a lot. It, it's pretty good size down in um, South America, Europe, um, Eastern Europe, quite a bit of people. And it, it just never really picked up uh, any momentum in America because, well, for a time, American Masons really didn't care about that. So <laughs> it's, it's hard to put art into pancakes. 
So yeah, <laughs> well, you can make like yeah, you know, you're I'm on the right podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if if it's, if it's all kinds of artists, podcasts would not even be in the back of the bus. We'd be <laughs> we'd be we walking go. behind. We should it. set up a table. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so, secretary, you need to set us up for a table yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> So the rest of the show will certainly be about you, but this American group of artists, obviously yourself, who else do you have associated with this? You know, you're, you're taking my stuff away from me. (laughs) Is that part of the questions for later? Well, no, but it could be. (laughs) Don't answer that. Don't answer that. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, come on. I worked hard on this. This, Ryan, write that down and answer it later. (laughs) Uh, I am. I'm actually making sure I have a list of Uh, All right. So our interview tonight will be conducted by Jason Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a uh, we're going to pretend to take a quick break, apparently, and uh, we're going to come back with a an official interview okay. with Ryan Flynn, F L Y N N, yes, Masonic <laughs> artist. And uh, our our guest tonight is the uh, Honorable Ryan J. Flynn. And that's with two N's, by the way. You're an attorney now. Uh, A a, a Masonic (laughs) artist of of actually great repute. Yes. Uh, I've seen his work online. Uh, I haven't seen it in person, but I'm going to tell you, folks, this guy is really, really good. I have a print in my garage. I, I bought it from him. Or actually, Jake bought it. And it's still in the package under my scarves in the, in my box of scarves in the garage. I just remember. Oh, so. gee. <laughs> so that was one of the Grand Lodge in Philadelphia painting that you did. Well, in, oh, yeah. in, in uh, 2010, Ryan became a member of the ancient York Lodge, number 89 of Free and Accepted Masons in Nashua, New Hampshire. And one of the things he noticed as an artist was after the uh, decline in fine arts and masonry, he started uh, creating Masonic-inspired works, and he started with two large faux stained glass windows, which now adorn the uh, Nashua Masonic Temple. And by the way, uh, the the Novum Rose is the one Rose of the most gorgeous. spectaculars. I want that that yeah. is unbelievable, unbelievable. Hey, Larry, uh, why don't you ask him a question and let him talk? Well, well, certainly, I certainly am. I just wanted to mention he's a 32nd <laughs> degree Mason. Uh, brother, you, you past master or master of a large? I'm a current master. Actually, current yeah. master of large. There you go. What there are you, you doing go. home? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my sleep. It's only one night a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My, basically one of the things I wanted to know, and I'm going to quote you on something. Yeah. Uh, Freemasonry. You, you said that Freemasonry is an ideal, an organization of men who, when gathered together, strive for the absolute best in all of us. And they settle for nothing less. And you mentioned that you fervently believe that Masonic works of art should strive to meet that same ideal. How did you decide to focus your talents on our craft? Um, it, it's kind of interesting. So uh, I, I went to school for art and art history. And um, that's how I kind of discovered the Freemasons, because I studied in when I studied in Florence, Italy, I, I learned about 
uh, 14th, 15th century Italian architecture, which uh, I like to say gets me ready to have a beautiful job at Starbucks. Uh, (laughs) So what do you do at the Ren Fair? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was learning about all this stuff and, and, uh, you know, the the term secrets of the craft came up a lot. You know, I saw where these people actually designed the buildings and um, it kind of sparked an interest to me to research a little bit more and more. And it came into uh, Freemasonry. Um, So it kind of, I love to research for some sick reason. And, um, I, I decided to go back and kind of retrace my steps with the Masonic eye. And I, I discovered a lot of Masonic artists, not only in architecture, but throughout history. And these are, these are some big names in, in masonry that, I mean, uh, in, in the world of art that we're all Masons. And then you start looking at their work and all of a sudden you start seeing stuff poking out. Um, and that well, kind of, what's, what's an example uh, of that, Ryan, what, what stuck, stood out to you first? Early oh, on? Geez. So many. Um, well, um, I guess two big ones. I'll, I'll do two, two completely different uh, times. So uh, if you look at what a Masonic Lodge is and what we teach and all the symbols and stuff like that, it actually mirrors what was taught in the Renaissance quite a bit, specifically in the Italian Renaissance. So you have Neoplatonic thought, you have mixing with Kabbalah, you have all this other stuff that's coming together. And that was actually being taught in one specific school, um, or academy in Florence during the Quattrocento or the Italian Renaissance, um, and you have uh, thinkers like Pico Mirandola who was was putting all this together, and it's almost identical to what Masonry is without the ritual. And then you have Michelangelo, who was a friend of his, learning the same stuff. And when you go back into the Sistine Chapel and you look up and you look at the creation of Adam, and then you look at the expulsion from paradise and you start seeing all these little symbols and little intricacies that he put into the painting, which clearly have meaning that which should not be up there. Um, it kind of broadens your eyes. Don't tell the Pope. Yeah. Oh, if you walk, here's a fun fact. If you walk under the main doors of the Sistine chapel up top is the Pope getting flipped off by God. Nice. <laughs> what? Michelangelo put the Pope's face as uh, St. Zachariah right over the main doors. And if you look closely at it, everybody go online, Sistine Chapel, Zachariah, you'll look at it, and that's the Pope's face. And then behind it, there's two puti, which are like cherubs. They represent God. And they're doing this thing where they take their uh, thumb and they stick it in between the uh, ring finger, I mean, your middle finger and your... um, It's Italian. It's Italian. Yeah, middle yeah. finger and uh, pointer finger. You kind of stick your thumb through it. And then um, the Renaissance Italy, that was called biting the fig, which is equivalent to flipping you off. So you have two representations of God flipping off the Pope. When we have an actual fig right here, if you want to. There you go. <laughs> you also said that, uh, and I'm going to quote you again, substance is what drives good art. And it is what drives me to create works that truly honors the craft that I so dearly love. In thy name we have assembled is probably one of the great paintings in Freemasonry. And it's one of the most beautiful paintings that I feel captures the essence of Freemasonry. What inspired you to create this masterpiece? Um, well, the, the person in the, in the painting uh, was a past grand chaplain of uh, the state of New Hampshire, Grand Lodge, New Hampshire. And 
Uh, Max was one of those guys who was born for the role he was in masonry. When, when, when he, when he prayed at the altar, you, you felt God. Um, he was that, he was that, I guess pious is the word. You, you just, you, you, he just accented the, the aspect of faith in Freemasonry when he was at the altar. Um, I had a friend who um, was taking photos of an officer installation. And I said to her, I said, when this happens, I want this, this shot. And uh, she got it for me. And the idea of light coming down and reflecting off the volume of sacred law into his face, I thought was a beautiful allegory to what was happening in the painting. So, um, did some test paintings and came up with a great lighting and, um, there it is. And, uh, I, I was shocked at how easily that painting came out of me. Um, usually I, it takes me a very long time to, to paint a painting and that one, uh, that was the first try. Didn't really have to do any edits to it. It just, it just came out great. That's pretty much how the podcast happened for us too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the light reflecting off of the microphones. That... Clearly uh, we both drink as much as I did while I was painting too. So. <laughs> um, I, I, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier uh, that uh, Novum Rose uh, was and it was in my opinion, I think it's everybody here who is actually seeing that is a magnificent work for stained glass. And of course you made it available in prints as well. And you can go to online and you can order this print. It is magnificent. Uh, t- tell us wh- how, what inspired you to do that? Cause it was kind of a change in direction for you. Well, I, um, in studying art, I was very lucky. I went to a private high school and my art teacher and my art department had everything and anything you could work on. So I was lucky enough to be taught how to do stained glass, um, mosaic work, all, all these uh, mediums that aren't really used as much. And I, stained glass I love because um, when I developed my own kind of abstract style in, in college, um, it was almost geometric in nature. And I noticed that I was kind of following the patterns of what you would do for letting a stained glass window. So, um, when I got back into Freemasonry, I I was purposely trying to stay away from abstract art. Um, I didn't think masonry needed that from me. Uh, I can get into that later if you want. Um, but I went back to stained glass because I had already done two windows and they came out great. And I had this fantastic idea that if we had a stained glass window that you could light up during a degree first, I thought, what if we did the nine emblems and while you're doing the history in the third degree, each emblem would light up individually. And then when you're done, you had this beautiful rose window staring you down with everything. Wow. I can see a brother, see a brother uh, uh, working that light control panel. Yeah, I, I, well, the, the windows that I put in my lodge, we have lights in them. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, one of the my favorite moments as a Mason was that first time we did an EA degree and uh, brought the candidate to light, and he saw what he saw, and then the two windows lit up above him, and I saw the look on his face, and it was, yeah, it was pretty special. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, we could do this with other degrees too. And 
ever since I've been doing Masonic art, everybody's been begging me to do tracing boards and I wanted to come up with a different way of doing them instead of just a board. And that's, that's where the Novum Rose came from. Yeah. I think you did a great vision of a tracing board. I really did really do. So you do some other things you do, uh, like illuminated certificates and things like that. Is that a, a large part of what you do or is it you prefer um, the art? Right now it is. I, I do certificates, um, like you said, are patents. Um, and I do everything from, I try to keep them as inexpensive as possible. Um, so they're most of what I do are, are G clay prints, which can last a hundred years in daylight. So if you put them in a frame, they'll last forever. And then I gild them like an illuminated document where I put 24 karat gold and hammer it on there and glue it down and get patterns. Um, once in a while, I'm lucky enough. I actually do an authentic patent, which is done the exact same way as they would do it in the 1300s. Uh, the first one I did, I actually mixed my own inks, um, created the black out of acacia. So oh, wow. uh, it, wow. it was, I, I did it. It took forever. It was fun to do the first time. I'll never do that again. <laughs> 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 Same with fresco. I learned how to fresco. And I, the one thing I learned about fresco is I'm never frescoing anything. Yeah. I feel that way about drywall, but that's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I can, I can paint your portrait. I can't paint a wall. So, so Ryan, what, um, is, is art your full-time job? Because I see, you know, it's Ryan, I, you're, it's in your email address that you're, you know, design. So, uh, well, yeah, my, my day job, I'm a, I do marketing and design, uh, for a company called ecological fibers. We make uh, all different kinds of, uh, papers, uh, for packaging and book bindery. And, um, I do a lot of graphic design for them. And then I've been a freelance designer for a long time, but, uh, art's always kind of been second to me. Um, and there's kind of a reason that I don't go full-time Masonic artist. Um, because you have a mortgage. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's kind of, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Getting Masons to buy art. That's, that's all. Um, <laughs> no, but, um, this, this, what I'm about to say is pissed off some people. So we'll love it. <laughs> um, the problem is, is what I've seen with masonry is once you decide to go, this is my income with arts or crafts or anything like that, you sales are what drive you. You obviously have to make money to make a living and stuff like that. And I've noticed that a lot of times it cheapens over time because frankly, there's not a lot of masons out there who will spend more than $50 on anything unless it has their name on it. <laughs> and it, right, it's right. kind of harsh to say, mm, but it's not true. Real. Yeah. yeah. Masons will share and it's a sad fact, but Masons will go crazy over a t-shirt on Facebook and then a painting that I spent 80 hours on will get, Oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> and I don't want to turn into a t-shirt vendor. I, I firmly believe that the one thing I do not need to bring to Masonry is more t-shirts. Um, and, um, How that's about scarves. Can you do scarves? <laughs> hey. scarves, are scarves are great. There's enough Throughout scarf guys. Uh, yeah, you, you, but, uh, for my for my role, I, I don't want to have to turn into something where I need to sell cheap stuff to make a living so that I can pay my bills. Yeah, that's uh, one so that's, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll continue. I apologize. <laughs> go ahead. I'll go continue. ahead. I want to continue. You're, 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 on a, you're on the line of a thought here because I remember reading somewhere in your bio that you were concerned with the cheapening of our logo, with the cheapening of the marketing aspect of it. And it's one of the things you said you really didn't want to do. And you just, you just 
you know, restated that tonight, which. Yeah, I, it, uh, the, you can't deny that the, it, the square and compass is not the great lights and masonry anymore. It's a logo. It's a Nike swoosh. It's the Reebok. You know, it's, it's all that stuff. It is put on everything and anything the cheapest way possible. Um, it drives me absolutely crazy uh, how it's treated. I mean, I can go online right now and buy a Masonic thong. and and not not in my size hopefully um and and it's it's insane um so when i do stuff i try to is that an eastern star thong is that (laughs) i wouldn't know but that i'm trying to all right i'm sorry i don't want to envision that (laughs) i i actually when i do my history of Masonic arts presentations and lodges. I started off with that photo and I say, if anybody doesn't have a problem with that, I'll stop right now. <laughs> right. Mm. Uh, um, usually they let me go, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it drives me absolutely crazy. And it's, it, it, I, I just personally, I think if you're going to call something, the great lights and masonry, you shouldn't stick it on the cheapest piece of crap that you can find to try to sell a lot of them. Um, that's just me. Uh, I'm obviously in the minority. You you had mentioned too, and I'm I'm repeating myself here. I know I've mentioned this, but that you you would never produce anything with the finest artwork and prints that are created to promote the greatness of the fraternity. And I've kind of said this in a couple occasions earlier. The Holy Saints John comes to mind, and to me, I think it is your greatest work of art. Oh, thank uh, which, you. which, in, which, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, that probably thousands of people are going to hear, is that it should be in every lodge in the world, except I mean, Pennsylvania. We, except Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, we have every to cut one of those lodge in the out. world should yeah. have those prints hanging on their walls because that's part of what we're about. We celebrate those. Well, they do. It's a circle in two lines, right? Yeah, circle in two lines. Exactly. Your work is magnificent. I I showed my wife and she said, you're really good. She she equates you with the old masters. What a compliment. (laughs) Most of of those old guys were drunks and anger, had anger issues. So I'll take that as a compliment. My wife associates me with the Dutch masters. It's (laughs) it's not as exciting. (laughs) And Garcia Vega. Oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. We need Larry. a break. No, we don't. We just need you to start, stop talking and let, let Ryan do some talking. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, are you working on any big pieces right now? In your new studio. Oh, yeah, my new studio. Um, I Well, I just finished a uh, portrait for, of um, Pike for someone. I got to get that to him uh, in the next couple of weeks. Santa, Santa Claus? Is it going to get torn down? Yeah, no, really. Yeah. <laughs> There's a conversation. Uh, <laughs> oh, we we don't care. We'll get right into it. But yeah, yeah somebody's going to run in and like throw red paint on your paint <laughs> to stop you from doing a Southern artist. Well, I painted them in red. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, no, I, so I finished that. Um, I am starting on a good size piece of um, uh, the aftermath of a degree. Um I got a model to lie on the floor as if he has been attacked and um, put some symbolism into that. I've sketched it out quite a bit. Um, so I'm going to be starting on that pretty soon. Um, I do have a couple of patents that I'm working on right now that are completely customized. So I got to um, get to finish those. Uh, I just did a charter for some, uh, for a new lodge, which was pretty Ooh. exciting. Um, oh, so that, 
that I'm gilding as soon as I get it back. They had to send it around to get all the Grand Ma- uh, Grand Lodge officers to sign it. Yeah, that the, ter- that- the term patent. I just Sorry? learned that last week. I was uh, I'm a Masonic dummy, I guess. Yeah, why don't you enlighten us? <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So I mean, like, I was at the uh, I got my uh, Royal Order of Scotland degree, and they said, yeah, in about six months you'll receive your patent in the mail. So it's, you know, Ryan, you can explain it better. What 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 is a patent? Um. For lack of a better term, it's a certificate of recognition uh, that usually if it's in a blue lodge is signed by a master, the secretary, and it um, typically says, you know, let everybody know, be known that uh, I'm a Mason now. Um, that's the typical way. <laughs> Except of in it. a really cool way. Right. In a really cool way, sometimes. <laughs> so it's a really um, cool dues card. Up for my lodge, uh, every every member of my lodge gets uh, a patent of mine uh, when they become a master mm-hmm. mason, and I I change the wording on it as more, less of a patent but more of a charge. So instead of us putting the name on it for him, he has to sign his own name, and ah. by signing his name, he he pledges to be an active member of the lodge and to continue learning and pass on the tradition. So uh, I kind of like that a little bit more than just saying, look, I did it because in my research with masonry and and my thoughts on how the craft works and stuff like that, I, I, the one part of masonry that I don't agree with is when they say you're a master Mason, congratulations. You've reached the pinnacle of your experience. Like, Master Mason is just the starting line. All right, go, go do your thing. Now's the time to continue on. Um, by no means should a master, the, the third degree be thought as the end of a journey. So um, that's what I did with the patent. Cool. I, I want one. Now, is that something that you have? Um, now, do you make some of those that stuff available in, in mass? Like if a lodge wanted to use your patents, is it something that's a print? Yeah, no, um, everything I do with the exception of the authentic ones are prints and, um, they, I can do them in bulk. They do take quite a bit of time to do, but, um, the printing is expensive and I don't really mark it up that much. So if you can buy in bulk, um, you know, without the names on it, I, I can knock down the price quite a bit. Um, that's, what's good about, I call it the ancient York patent is because you don't have to put a name on it other than your lodge name and your grand lodge. So, um, it's very easy to do those in bulk. It's also the most articulate golding, uh, gilding one. So though I, though it's easy for me to print, it's a, uh, it is a pain in the butt to do all the gold on that. And, really you, and you said you're doing all that by hand, no matter what you're on yep. each one. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So, um, basically the way it works is you get this print. I have a great printer, um, who, um, I've been using since I started, uh, once I get the prints back, you put a specific kind of uh, glue down, you let it dry, you take gold, very, very thin piece of gold, you put it down on it, and um, you can either glue it, rub it in, or in some cases I hammer it on because I want to get the texture. So I have, um, they're kind of like metal dies. If you ever worked with metal, mm-hmm. like you want to stamp your key, um, I have a couple of those with very specific patterns that I go on. And sometimes it takes three, four, five hundred hammers to wow. get the texture in. Um, which my wife loves <laughs> resonates through the house. Yes, it does. It helps the baby sleep. Yeah. Well, it doesn't anyway. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I don't want to step on Larry's toes. Well, but, he already uh, threw his yeah. papers on the floor. He's yeah. done. <laughs> so we are off script at this point. Yeah. So not to change change uh, subject here, but uh, or change gears. But earlier we were talking about this art show in uh, May in the DC area and some of the other American artists that you might be uh, uh, showing some artwork with. And uh, Larry said I wasn't allowed to talk about it because he wanted to ask you. Now's the right time. So Larry, go ahead and ask him. <laughs> no, go ahead, Jason. You're, you started it. So tell tell us more about this art show. Yeah, so like I said, it's from the Association of Masonic Arts, which is an international organization. Uh, it's in North, Central, South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, and Europe. Is that all of them? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, the uh, website right now to make sure that I get everything right. But every um, they've done a couple of them, and they call them the uh, Apollo Festival. Um, the first one that I knew of was in Brazil in 2015, which was kind of funny because I had, I had made a name for myself, um, and as an artist, and I got a, I got an email saying, I want you to come to this. And as a Mason who has only been a Mason for a few years, when you get a phone, when you get an email saying, yeah, get on a plane, we'll take you to Brazil. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to wake up with one kidney. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> But uh, I didn't know about the organization at the time, but uh, I heard nothing but amazing things about this uh, event. Did you have to bring any balloons back with you when you, when you came back yeah. to America? Yeah, just hold on to this bag. Just don't let anybody. <laughs> right. But um, so this this festival went down in Brazil, and it went it went amazing. I heard nothing but insanely great things about this, and they called it the Apollo Festival. Um, so this year it's going to be in May, I think around May 10th. It's going to be in Alexandria and um, there's going to be artists from around the world coming in and um, it's going to be something. I don't think it's ever happened in America before. Um, I'm not sure how involved it is in America. I was actually the first ambassador to it um, from America. Now there's four, I believe. Is this um, an exhibit of, of, of artists work or is it a, a Congress where you all get together and talk about your art or how does it? It's gonna be both. I know there's definitely going to be art on display because I'm trying to get four new works done for it. Um, so, um, and in fact, I'm going to be toning down my patents for quite some time because I just need to work on this. Um, as a Masonic cartoonist, am I allowed to even show up in the parking lot? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's there's goats in most of his cartoons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pete, I think a new cartoon series. He got some inspiration. Keister stashing from Brazil. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right. oh yeah. 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 On that note, so I, I do. So when I when I met you up in um, Attleboro or North Attleboro, whatever wherever that that lodge is. Um, I noticed a lot of people compliment, complimenting you on your, uh, your Santa Claus painting. Oh, how many people like refer to your Albert Pike as Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way. They just, really they don't pissed him off. Well, no, they don't know, but they don't Holy know God. Albert Pike. It, <laughs> If you're not from the South, you're not an Albert Pike fan. Well, luckily, Santa Claus is from the North, so well, he's safe. Thing. I, that, um, I thought it was a pretty good representation of him, and it was more people that were saying, is that Santa Claus? But there was actually more people going, who's that? <laughs> like, and then that, that, what really gets me is I'm up here, and I see people wear Scottish right pins going, who's that? I'm like, yeah. uh, <clears throat> No, but I, lo I, I love I love this stuff, and I think... Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of a, a, a 
a little known hometown artist, uh, NC Wyeth from my hometown. Ah, he's a plug. Yeah, there. Well, he's he's been dead for a hundred years. He's not a sponsor though. Treasure Island and a bunch of other things. Uh, he did. It's Andrew Wyeth, right? Well, Andrew is his son. Oh. Yeah, NC NC uh, Illustrated, Treasure Island, and things like that. And uh, Andy Wyeth was more like kind of landscapes and some yeah, and, and his ugly redheaded girlfriend. Wouldn't know anything about that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Andy's son named Jamie drew a pig. That that's his highlight it's of his career in third grade. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so Ryan, you uh, I, I'm a big podcast listener. Uh, not just Masonic stuff, but all the Masonic podcasts as well. And I know that you were just one, not recently, but in May you were on, don't tell me the cult of personality. Yep. Right. So for our listeners, if you, uh, you know, you, you want to have your head explode, that was a great, uh, <laughs> I mean, anything that Greg Kaminsky puts out is uh, just over yeah. the top. And he was on, you know, the broth light, uh, episode uh, a little bit ago and, Oh, technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, but that episode in particular was uh, was pretty intense, and I think that you guys started to speak about some of the Kabbalah and your uh, you do you have the Tree of Life painting? Is that correct? The Sephiroth. Yes, yeah, you have that. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I have a Tree of Life uh, um, illuminated document that I did actually. So that one also has the gold worked into it, and um, I did it in a Celtic style just because last name's fun. <laughs> For all those Celtic Hebrews nice. out there, yes. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And you, and you spoke a little bit on that episode and, you know, I, I don't want to steal any of uh, you and Greg's thunder. So I'd suggest our listeners listen to that, but could you give us a brief overview of your codex series? Oh yeah. Um, so I, as I mentioned before, I studied, I studied the Renaissance. I still study, I'm reading two books on it right now. Um, one of the things that I loved is the idea of a codex. Uh, in layman's terms, Codex is a notebook. Um, you write down your observations as an artist in them. Uh, the famous ones, of course, are Leonardo da Vinci, where he wrote down everything and anything that he could put in his head, he'd put in the notes. Um, he also wrote it backwards so no one could read it or understand it. Um, but he would make simple observations about how the face droops over age to the flight of birds that everybody knows, Ventruvian man. Um, all that kind of stuff. And I, I thought I'd love to do that. So I was in the middle of memorizing the middle chamber lecture while I was a senior deacon. And I thought, well, let's research this a little bit. And I started writing down notes in one of my notebooks and uh, I did a little sketch of what I thought the pillar would look like. And all of a sudden I thought, you know, it'd be great to actually do a codex series of the middle chamber lecture. So I did three, one is the pillars, one is the staircase, and the other one is geometry. And um, I decided to put out a hundred of them with gold accents on them, and they went nuts. It was it was my first prints that I offered, other than the the stained glass windows, and uh, people went absolutely crazy. Do you have any there. of those sets left? Uh, Ten. All right, I want one of those. <laughs> He, he has a, he has From a my basement. Card. I have a huge project I'm doing. Well, I'll, I'll go on your website after the show. I'll talk, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Okay. Um, but yeah, they went nuts. And, um, I, I every time I bring, uh, some to a place where I'm talking and they, they're gone by the time I leave. Um, so I was really happy with that. And that kind of started off me on this notebook kind of style that I've done for a while. Um, but yeah, that's, 
it's um, it's got a lot of hidden stuff in it. It's got a lot of uh, numerology. I've got some Kabbalah in it. Um, uh, a lot of obviously Masonic symbolism, but um, just hints of it. I, I didn't want to put too much into it because I wanted to keep the, the notebook slash codex theme going. I wasn't going to write anything in depth in there, but uh, yeah, they went nuts. I, I still can't believe I've sold 90 of them. Wow. That's great. Ryan, Ryan, you kind of hinted at something earlier and it made me think, um, you know, as Freemasons, we're kind of self-centered thinking everything revolves around Freemasonry and what? every, every little sim- piece of symbology is by these Masonic geniuses from the you know 1700s and, and whenever. Um, there's a guy I've been following on Twitter. Um, oh. you might be familiar with him. Donald Trump. No, no, no. <laughs> His name's like Apollyon or something. A P P A P O L L like Apollo, but Jan something. And he just posts all kinds of weird drawings. But what I'm learning is from like the, you know, the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, so many artists were into all this mystical stuff. The esoteric part. That, yeah. that were Masons or they weren't Masons. It was just kind of like the thing. And yeah, it's so just, yeah, in, can you explain my, that. Yeah, in, my, in my history of arts presentation, uh, Masonic arts presentation, one of the things that I try to make it very apparent is, and this, Freemasons don't like hearing this, but it's true. Masonry doesn't own the knowledge that we teach. It is knowledge that has been passed down for millennia organized into what we now call Freemasonry. So the ideas of Neoplatonic thought, Kabbalah, um, you know, sacred geometry, uh, that sort of stuff existed well before the formation of the Grand Lodge. Um, and that stuff was very, very popular during the Renaissance, uh, specifically. Um, not to get too deep into a histor- uh, history lesson, but... Um, to narrow it down to a, a specific thing. So um, in Florence in the 15th century, you had uh, the Medici. Um, at that time, it was very popular and a great way to show how rich you were to own books. That's what started the Renaissance. And one of the Medici, Cosmo Medici, decided to start a library and he started paying all these people to start um doing what the fad was at the time, which was copying old works. So we started copying Plato for the first time into Tuscan and then Latin and making them available for his rich friends to kind of look at. That formed something called the Platonic Academy, which he started in Florence, where these men would get together, get out of the, get out of the real world for a second and talk about this esoteric stuff. Um, there's a great tie to Freemasonry with that. And of course, what I love about that is when this Academy was brought to its fruition, he also invited artists to come in and kind of work off of that. Um, so you had this great influx of the use of the old ways in art. And that's what eventually became the Renaissance. So if you look at work back then, you're going to see things that are very familiar. If you want a perfect example of this, I do a presentation on a painting called The Three Philosophers, and it's by a Venetian artist named Giorgioni. Everybody go, Giorgioni, Three Philosophers. Look it up and tell me that that's not a Masonic painting. Um, there's very direct symbolism. Hey, wait, my thumbs hurt. Hold on. I can't. So, yeah. So the, so the feeling that I kind of used to think was 
they used to think, oh, Freemasonry, we're kind of this like little underground pocket of knowledge. But in that pocket of knowledge universe, we're the pop music. We're the crappy, we're the, 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 we're the pop music, the mainstream part of that esoteric thought. We're the part that the public has heard about. But there's so many other groups and organizations that were back then that were doing the same thing. They just, you know, didn't get popular like we did. Well, yeah, I mean, it really is our, this is the way we came to be. We, we had a very odd transformation throughout history. Um, some of the Masonic lore that we have doesn't really make a lot of sense, historically speaking. Um, for example, the hidden handshakes and passwords and uh, operative stonemasons going to uh, workshop to workshop to... Um, you know, prove that they were master masons. That didn't happen. It, the The first time that we actually have evidence of handshakes in stone masonry was in Scotland after this, and it was after Freemasonry existed. So, um, in in operative medieval stone mason workshops, you worked on one job for your whole life, took centuries to create something. Um, and if you were a master mason or um, master of the compasses, as it's called as Campermistro in Italian. Um, you, um, were, this is actually one of the, my favorite things I've learned about masonry. A Freemason at that time was someone who worked in free stone mason, uh, free soft stone rock. And a master of that was an artist. Uh, so your sculptors, your stained glass window artists, your plasterers, those were all considered Freemasons at the time through the term. Um, we now use the term artist, but the term artist didn't come around until the Renaissance. Before that, you were just a craftsman. Um, so when you look back at the, the correct time frame and you start looking for what we now call Masonic symbolism, um, you're going to find it there. It's just not going to be Masonic as we think of it right now. But it doesn't mean it's no yeah. less important. We just made a lot of Masons sad. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, Larry here, uh, Ryan. He woke up. Yep. Yeah, I woke up. And <laughs> one of the things that, that fascinates me is I'm the endurance of Sophia. Did you have a model for that? I did. <laughs> she's, she's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, it, in case you're wondering, since this is like a radio broadcast and you guys can't see the picture, go to the site and look up the endurance of uh, Sophia. Is it safe for work? Is it safe for work? Mm. No. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's artistic. It's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece. So it would be probably, yeah. It's not and, interpretive. And there's a blue towel placed geographically, so uh, things are not exposed. But uh, and she's she's gorgeous. She really is, and I envy you for having her as a model. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's it's a uh, it's funny. Uh, you might you know you know it's a different mindset when your wife's okay with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it really is as an artist when you work with a model and I, i've been working with live models since i was in middle school well see uh, that was that was my next question uh, you know i was trying to go about uh, that that, you was, could, larry, that wasn't larry, your wife was or larry you could let him answer the last question okay <laughs> uh, it, no it's not my wife um so i actually uh, belong to this group online that um they're awesome and if you can't get a model in front of you um you can they basically have a studio set up where they'll take photos for you. So they'll bring in a model. You tell them what pose you want. 
and um, they will pose her for it. So I wasn't actually in the same room with her. I worked off a photograph of her, but she posed for um, that painting. And when I saw the pose come out, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. And do for. they, do they set the lighting up in the, 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 where you want it to? Yeah. You just gotta be, uh, you just gotta um, give them as best instructions as possible. Like I, I wanted to do one with a muse. So I have this woman leaning over a man who's kind of whispering in her ear and I wanted it to be very, um, um, dramatic lighting. So you have dark shadows, highlights. Um, so that one they did for me. Um, but they, what they do is they, they put them on a giant turntable and spin them slowly and take photos at every 10 degrees, for example, Oh wow! so that you can actually get a 360 degree look because you're not in the studio with them. Um, I now have a studio in my house where I have areas, um, set up for models, which is great. I actually just bought some, some wardrobe for, for a model shoot that I'm going to do probably next month. Um, but yeah, working, I, I tend to work from photos now just because no one has the patience to sit for a painting anymore. Um, some of my paintings take an extremely long time. If Sophia actually took me a very long time to paint, um, because I paint in an older manner, uh, manner, uh, basically it's called glazing where instead of just painting the color, I want the colors to be a little bit more complex. So I paint, um, transparent layer over transparent layer. So it gives a more complex look and realistic yeah. facial expression, I guess you could say. That's a really um, old way of doing it. And you're mixing your own paints too. And like with like tempera or like, or no, I, I had done that before for a, um, uh, for a commission I did for a lodge down in Maryland, but now I, there's, there's no point to it. It's uh, oil paints are so readily available in tubes that it, you just don't need to do it anymore. Um, especially with, I, I use some pretty expensive paints, so I, I really don't want to mess up. Right. right. <laughs> so Ryan, we'll probably go to break here in just a second, but I have a very serious yep. question. Mm-hmm. What is the market for a 400 pound big guy? to get his photos taken to be a model and what's the pay <laughs> he'll sit still as long as you want him to <laughs> well like i said well, you'd you be a masonic I gotta, medium I am i paying you or are you paying me <laughs> no i need i need to get paid and like yeah pete's right he said uh you know by the masonic sizing chart i'm i'm a medium <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know how to answer that <laughs> For, for, the, for those of you who are and have uh, stayed with us and have been listening to this, uh, you, can, you. You, can, uh, <laughs> you can go to Facebook, Ryan J. Flynn Artist. Type it in Facebook and you can bring his Facebook page up, like him, and you can see a lot of the works that he's working on and a lot of communications that go on. It's really a great site. Or you can go directly to his site where he can sell you things or you can you can look at them and you go to uh, www.ryanjflynn, all one word. He'd prefer com. that you buy them. He'd prefer <laughs> that you buy them. Absolutely. Yeah, take a so screenshot th- th- those and print are, it out on your... Larry, finish the URL. www.ryanjflynn.com. There we go. There we go. Yes, indeed. I'm going to conclude this and... You're welcome to stay with us uh, as long as you want. Uh, Larry's got to pee. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, uh, Phoenix Masonry gave you an awesome compliment. They said that Flynn puts some mystery into his documents, some codes and symbols, and you have to really look closely to find them and decipher them. And they also said that when you stop and analyze what Flynn is producing, you have to admire the ingenuity, the majestic style, 
the novel methods, and the sheer artistic quality of each piece. You certainly are a phenomenal artist, and we have enjoyed having you on the show tonight. You're here. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And I've had a blast, actually. This has been really fun. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry, trying to run you out of here. That's, that, that's, <laughs> man, get the no, hell like out. I said, you're welcome to stay with us. Until now we, now can we, we, can, we can ask you some real questions. Yeah. Do you, do you have a crock pot? <laughs> oh, do I have a crock pot? I actually have four crock pots. And a boy. See? He's a worshipful man. Well, He's yeah, got I mean, a, you he know. appreciates slow cooking. One single one and a triple. <laughs> nice. I have that same one. Costco, yeah. right? Costco. All right. Costco. That is right. Yeah, yeah I got that one. Yeah. Let's go to break. Nice. Right. We're going right. to take a quick break. We'll be back. Oh, this is important stuff. <laughs> bye bye. We're not really going anywhere, but we're taking a break. <laughs> back and we are with ryan j flynn masonic artist you can find at www.ryanjflynn.com you can find him on facebook uh and we decided to keep him around larry tried to kick him out but ryan you're still here say hello so ryan do you do you have anything to offer for the uh the good of freemasonry of this podcast in particular <laughs> yeah Is that any, anything uh besides else besides you have the thing coming up in may um yeah. anything else you have going on masonically that you'd like to let people know about um uh, not right now. I mean, I'm working on a couple of new presentations that I've been uh, going to be most likely traveling around doing. Um, uh, one of them is kind of uh, how to bring the how to bring the arts back into your lodge, which um, is very easy to do if you just want to put a little effort into it. Buy your prints. Yeah, <laughs> or buy someone's prints. I don't care. Just buy prints. What, 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 what part of uh, the United States do you? Where do you live? I live in uh, New Hampshire. Okay, so you're pretty much travel distance from, you know. Oh, I've been all over now. I it's the, I, I did a couple of presentations at some uh, symposiums, and everybody started flying me around. So I've been out to uh, Cal, uh, Colorado. I just drove the- up to Winnipesaukee. It's a long ass drive. Dude. So if somebody's Holy willing, to, if someone's willing to give you the ticket, you'll fly anywhere. Yeah, as long as I do it on a weekend. I, it's hard to do with a family, um, and uh, I don't have a lot of vacation time, so I kind of take it very seriously. I want to spend it with my family when I can. Just so, um, but weekends, I, uh, I, I'll be happy to go to a lodge, um, just not for the remainder of this year, just because of the new kid. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I've gone everywhere, like I said, from the Carolinas all the way to Colorado, um, everywhere. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how far I've traveled with masonry. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, when, I when I saw Ryan, he had kind of the whole, he, in this one little lodge room, well, it was an old lodge room. He had all his work set up in the east, um, and it was uh, it was pretty glorious. Cool, it was kind of cool until I hung Victor Mann's uh, picture in between. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was Saint John on one side, the other Saint John, and we held Victor up in the middle, and it was like the three tenets of Freemasonry, the nice. three pillars. Yeah, kind of way to ruin a moment. The three tenements. Of, yeah, Tenement, three tenements. <laughs> Oh, uh, so what do you got? We got Dex, Jason. We're gonna. We did, yeah, Seth. we got Seth. Seth has got some new pieces for us, and go then uh, I think we'll listen to Seth, and we'll go right into the news, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up and get out of here with some banjo music. 
You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Welcome to another Corpora Obscura, Masonic Light Podcast listener. Today we're going to talk about a fraternal group that is little known, but a great force for good. The Knights of Peter Claver. The Knights of Peter Claver are one of the largest African-American Catholic fraternal organizations in the world. Talk about a niche market. The order is named for St. Peter Claver, the Spanish priest who ministered to African slaves. Originally founded in Mobile, Alabama, the organization is now headquartered in New Orleans, Louisiana. It is often thought of as the African-American version of the Knights of Columbus, although neither group discriminates based upon race. The Knights divide themselves into six divisions. The Knights of Peter Claver, the Knights of Peter Claver Ladies Auxiliary, Junior Knights, Junior Daughters, Fourth Degree Knights, and Ladies of Grace. They state their purpose being, Our purpose is to render service to God and His Holy Church, render aid and assistance to the sick and disabled, and promote social and intellectual association among our members. Want to learn more about America's fraternal history? Visit the J.H. Rathbone Museum in person in Lafayette, Indiana, and online at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. Good news, everyone! Light news. News not fit to print. As part of the rising tide of hysteria and misinformation, crowds gathered in Washington, D.C. at the statue of revered Masonic scholar, illustrious brother Albert Pike, to protest the perceived existence of a statue honoring his memory. Regardless that he is modeled in civilian suit and not even the tiniest speck of Confederate uniform or any other Civil War reference whatsoever. The mere fact that he once took a stand against the perceived abuses of the federal government was enough to send protesters into waves of apoplexy. The shadowy profile of Grand Archivist could be seen shaking his head and wondering aloud, can't we all just get along? And that's the Masonic news, so mote it was. Oh, thank, thank you, Brother Jack. <laughs> wow. Now, Ryan, this is where it gets even worse. <laughs> For you. Larry, Larry are we, good? we have nothing else coming up, right? Well, yeah, we, there's three going on. <laughs> All right, Jason, what do you have coming up Masonically? Anything? Oh, well, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got Lodge of the Woods. We got Goose and Gridiron. We've got uh, Getting Ready for Scottish Rite Reunion, where you and I... Are in the eighth degree together, and I think uh, Jack as well, correct? Hello. Yeah. And um, <laughs> oh, well, the recording will be out after we do this, but uh, I and hopefully some of you guys will be on uh, or visiting uh, Castleline Virtual Lodge on Wednesday in Manitoba. In Manitoba, but we'll be doing it from home. Are you, yeah, no, you're going to go. Yeah, we're all going to be I'm on your computer. It, yeah. So. Our, on your computer? No, we're going to go Are you somewhere. familiar with that, Ryan? The, what, you're coming uh, out of my place. Ryan, are you familiar with the uh, virtual lodges? I've heard of them. I'm not a member of any. I haven't really. 
Um, I was like a big skeptic, and then we had the uh, the, the current master of um, Castle Island Lodge. I always want to say Virtual Island, but it's Castle Island. Castle Island, Island Lodge, and uh, it sounds really neat, especially when you think of the geography of Manitoba, where, you know, if you want to go get a gallon of milk, it's 700 miles. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like, you know, you can go from New Hampshire to Connecticut to Vermont in like five seconds, but out there it's, you know... Well, it's pretty close. <laughs> so we'll be huddled around either Larry's house or uh, Monarch Studios and uh, be at Castle Island together. That'll be fun. And I think that that is, uh, I think that's about it. Jack? Um, just getting ready for um, Lodge in the Woods. That's the big thing for us. And coming back from summer break. Uh, so we will uh, we'll light the lights and get everybody back into the swing of things in September. Oh, Pennsylvania one day class. Oh, exciting. I didn't hear sure. what you said. What? Chirp, chirp. Did you say something? Crickets. Um, what do I have? I have um, I have nothing. I, I mean, I have like my regular Blue Lodge and all that stuff starts up again, but I'm really focusing on my job as uh, Junior Deputy Grand Tall Cedar and uh, Principal Conductor of Work and Council. And now this thing in Scottish Rite got me sucked into, so I'm busy. So a Masonic Light degree. Yeah. And at some point, and um, I will... Some point I'm going to Spain and Italy, and maybe I'll see some of. Uh, what? Some, I'll, I'll, what? Yeah, I'll be going to Barcelona, Rome, and Seville. Oh. So maybe Ryan can tell me what to look at. Just go to Sacred Familia. That's all you have to do. Barcelona. Okay. See the see the cathedral. It's number one on my bucket list. Is it all Francisco de Goya, or is there other other artists there, or who does it? Uh, who did that? Gaudi. Okay. There's nothing like it in the world. Well, you're going to, you're going to go into that cathedral and look up and just be like, there, there's no way, no way people, a guy came up with this. Okay. That's cool. definitely, that's definitely on my bucket list. I'll, I'll take some uh, grainy VGA pictures <laughs> with my cell phone <laughs> and I'll send them to you. It'll look like I use and a we'll potato. print them at 1200 DPI. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. Larry, do you have anything going on? Uh, other than our lodge starting up uh, Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday? No, not really. Goes in gridiron, but that's. What about you, Ryan? What do you have going on? Daddy stuff, diapers, diapers, uh, lack of sleep. Um, wondering if I've made a giant mistake in my life. Uh, <laughs> you mean coming on the show? Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> uh, no, a couple weeks we're uh, we're coming back from being dark, and uh, our lodge uh, is is thriving right now. It's it's crazy. We got. Uh, I know we're going to be reading a couple of petitions, and we got a couple of guys getting ready for their second degree. Uh, it's, it's good. We, um, we kind of changed how we do things in our lodge and it's been working fantastic. We now are very selective. Uh, we don't hand out petitions anymore. Um, we kind of wait for us to know them. Uh, and we slowed down in between degrees. It usually takes four or five months for a guy to go through each degree because we actually teach him stuff. No. I know, but it's awesome. No, no, no. The four of us, the four of us, you you can't hear our sarcasm over the phone. The four of us in this law, in this room, agree with you. But the powers that be, you know, won't let us do that. I'm moving to New Hampshire. Go blue lightning. Oh, yeah. We we did. We even uh, added a chamber of reflection. That's too much. We would be excommunicated if we did that here. Yeah, I know. That's why I brought it up. Oh, thanks for that. That's great. Thank you. Come up and visit Nashville and you can see it. I will. I tried to go uh, when I was up in Winnipesaukee, but nobody got back to me from the lodge. So I had. From my lodge? No, no, no. Uh, Winnipesaukee, uh, north of Wolfsboro. It was. Uh, oh, yeah. 
right down there. I don't know. Are you going to go to Masonic Con again next year if they have it? I believe I'm speaking at it. Okay. So, so I guess you're going. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he just, you know, Skypes in. I mean, last year, last year was like 95 degrees. So uh, I didn't really make too much money selling scarves in uh, 95 degree weather. But you made a lot of friends. Well, yeah. And then Masonic thongs. I'm telling you, that can, that's what you need to sell next year. <laughs> well, I just uh, say, you know, an artist that could the entertainment in Providence cost more than what I made selling scarves. I'll just say that. Um, there were thongs. <laughs> there were no thongs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Larry, well, take us out of here. Absolutely. It, a uh, little music, please. There will uh, actually be music. Yeah, there actually will be. And chickens. Special thanks to Monarch Studios. Our producer and co-host, uh, Jason Lewis, who, uh, again, I say this every time, takes us to great lengths. Wave there so everybody can see you. Uh, Jack Harley, our news director and official host of the show. Oh, I'm official now. You're yeah. official. Yes, he is. I want my salary uh, doubled. To, to R.C. McCorvey, brother on the street, we do have your interview. We're working on it. Uh, he did a good job. And Seth Anthony, for his insight into fraternities, we had no idea existed. And, uh, oh boy, here we go. Oh Assistant Director of Moral Support, Hugo Girl. <laughs> All right, that's a win. That's a win. Audience Estimator, Adam, Adam Million. Uh, our Audience Response uh, Analyst, who's lukewarm. And uh, our Behavior Consultant, Wyatt Behooves you. Uh, we do have a Biblical Scholar, by the way. Oh, for God's sake. Yes, we do. Uh. Verily I say. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a good one here. Our creative director, Drew Blank. There you go. There we go. Right on. Drew Blank. And uh, <laughs> concluding with our, our new law firm of Lowball and Lynch. This is Larry Maris saying thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Pete Ruggieri. Jason Lewis. And our guest, Ryan Flynn. Say hi, hi Ryan. Goodbye, Ryan. Attaboy. You got the hang of it now. And this is Jack... Good night, everybody. Thank you, Ryan. Thank yeah, you for, thanks for tolerating us. Are, do we have fan mail or email? Do we have any of the bot automatic? If, if we have any, we'll, 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 we'll splice it in later. All right. You know, I usually should make the announcement, though. We don't do that. Like, it should be a regular item. I like oh, your so. tracks. You sexy. You should support my site. <laughs> so you get uh, what this is all about, Ryan. We're, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. Jason, bring us back. All right. Are you good, Larry? You're going to drink. Mm-hmm.